another lengthy saga, one that we've been covering extensively over the years, has come to an end. I know it's hard to believe, but yet another Google product has fallen. Stadia is finally, officially dead after spending a mm, tough few years as an industry punching bag for being the wrong product at the wrong time for the wrong audience. From the wrong company. Yeah, <laughs> and from its hilariously failed launch to its outrageously ambitious roadmaps, to the constant reassurances that the product wasn't going anywhere, to finally the Google graveyard. Dun dun. <laughs> alongside all of other uh, Google's other failed products. It's been a wild journey, and that's not to say that Stadia or those other products were completely useless. Google absolutely learned a few things from the development and deployment of Stadia. Unfortunately for them, most of what they learned was what not to do from a physical product and marketing standpoint. Problem is, like so many other Google products, like the actual product here was not bad. It was Fine, the, yeah. the implementation and uh, actual sense of support from the people making it yeah. was always very shaky. Yeah, and they didn't have uh, an audience that made sense for it already. It was just like, hey, by the way, boom, this is happening. Their heart just wasn't in it. It's like YouTube gaming. It's like, you guys have everything you need to actually succeed at this. We're going to fuck this up. But their heart just wasn't in it. Yeah. Anyway, some of the tech uh, that was developed through the project will live on uh, in some form elsewhere. But as of January 2023, uh, Google Stadia, as it was known, will cease to exist. Officially making my Founders Pack controller a collector's item. You should donate that to the uh, National Video Game Museum. That's a thing, right? Why? So they can just let some pop star play with it in uh, 200 years? Disgusting. The Founding Fathers are crying right now. Anyway, this move to uh, cancel Stadia. To cancel uh, culture strikes again. Yeah, cancel yeah. culture. The woke mob has taken down Google Stadia. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this, like many other... Uh, things happening across the tech sector right now is being attributed to the general economic downturn. Always such a convenient There's always a good excuse. excuse. Yeah. It's like how at the beginning of COVID. Ah, COVID. Can't do anything. Ah. Sorry. And look, the recession, it's, it's a fucking recession. Yeah. That's certainly part of it. We, along with nearly every other outlet covering gamer tech, saw the writing on the wall from the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, recession Google, or are not. you sure that you are doing this? For real? Are you sure? Much like with the COVID excuse, like this, the recession is a real excuse, but everyone knew this was going to happen. And if a recession didn't exist, it still would have happened. It's convenient. Yeah. So yeah, the Sadia was, it was doomed to fail. And the constant rake stepping at the beginning was fun to watch, but it was when the service quickly slipped into complete obscurity that we knew it was already over. Mm -hmm. It was just irrelevant. No one talked about Stadia. No one seemed to be using Stadia except for this fucking weirdo. I used it once uh, when it came out because we do a <laughs> tech show. And also, the uh, value of that controller is only going to go up. Why, it's basically a physical NFT. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, the communities on Reddit and Discord, they were uh, relatively quiet. The exclu exclusive titles just dried right up. They dried up like... Tampa Bay, <laughs> just, where's my moisture? Mm -hmm. And it quickly became apparent that even major publishers were no longer committing to Stadia support. They got paid, though, real well. Yeah. And this is all during a pandemic-induced lockdown where people were just sitting around with nothing to do and a lack of available consoles. You blow it! If only there were a cheap dongle and service where I could play next-gen games without investing hundreds into consoles or a computer while I'm stuck inside for a year. Oh, gee. If only such a service existed. Wow. It's almost like the excuse wasn't 
that people didn't want to play the service or weren't looking for something like this. It was literally the execution and lack of player base. Yeah. And lack of exclusive titles and uh, a million other reasons. Again, the tech behind this is very cool and very practical. It's also, it's just a very weird niche. Yes. It's a very narrow market niche of, uh -huh. of people who want to play AAA, like, video game, video games. Yes. But also don't want to invest any money into hardware. It's not just that either. But do want to invest $60 into every game. So... Yes, yeah. That's a very specific person. At full price on games that are already heavily discounted on, like PC or, or whatever else. But also, it is a specific person who, yes, wants to play games, but doesn't have a console or can't afford a computer or console, but also has internet fast enough <laughs> that, it, that they can sustain actually playing the game without it, like, crashing or lagging yeah. at all. So that very specific person was probably very happy with Stadia. Yeah. And they're probably very upset that it's shutting down until they realize that there are other uh, much better options out yeah, there right now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the NVIDIA one is uh, supposed to be well, pretty good. Xbox Cloud Gaming and yeah, Game Pass. That, that too. Fantastic. Yep, yep. Uh, but look, there were some definite problems with the service that made people hesitant. Obviously, any lag, no matter how small, is going to affect multiplayer games. So that wasn't even close to perfect. Uh, even controller input lag was noticeable. You're just not going to play a competitive FPS on Stadia. It is for something that you don't mind there being milliseconds of lag attached to. Yeah. Um, there was also the fact that Google wasn't a, you know, a gaming company in the traditional sense. And they already couldn't be trusted when it came to their product line. Specifically when it relates to a platform where you would uh, own something. Because everyone was already aware by that point that Google could just lose interest in the product and then shutter it. And then what would you do about all the games you bought for their service? That was the, the choice at the beginning that was a big red flag for me. I'm like, why don't you just do a Netflix-style subscription service where people pay, I don't know, $15, $20 a month for access to everything? Why are you making people buy a game? Like, I mean, obviously, this is You don't understand. We have to recoup, recoup tens of millions of dollars that we spent uh, uh, the developers porting it and yeah. also trying to get some kind of exclusivity. Yeah. At the very least, Google has addressed that last part. But the final nail in Stadia's coffin, it, it had to be the fact that the two biggest gaming hardware brands, PlayStation and Xbox, released cloud gaming services of their own, which were already integrated into profiles and friends lists that people had spent years building. And on top of that, they offered, like Elliot said, subscriptions, where there would constantly be a rotating list of games to play. And the lists were good because these are the biggest gaming brands on Earth. They have the relationships with these yeah. companies. So obviously, no one was shocked by this news. Literally no one. Yes. Anyway, here's the official obituary from Stadia executive Phil Harrison. A few years ago, we also launched a consumer gaming service, Stadia. And while Stadia's approach to streaming games for consumers was built on a strong technology foundation, it hasn't gained the traction with users that we expected. So we've made the difficult decision to begin winding down our Stadia streaming service. We're grateful to the dedicated Stadia players that have been with us from the start. We will be refunding all Stadia hardware purchases made through the Google Store and all game and add-on content purchases made through the Stadia Store. Players will continue to have access to their games library and play through January 18th, 2023, so they can complete final play sessions. We expect to have the majority of refunds completed by mid-January 2023. The underlying technology platform that powers Stadia has been proven at scale and transcends gaming. 
we see clear opportunities to apply this technology across other parts of Google, like YouTube, Google Play, and our augmented reality efforts, as well as make it available to our industry partners, which aligns with where we see the future of gaming headed. Um, so that's nice. At least they're, they're just, let, let's pretend this never happened. <laughs> not, yeah, not only do I have a incredible piece of history, a collector's item, but they're paying me back for testing it out. You don't even have to send it back? I think it's just Google credit that automatically, I, they're not going to send like a, a Visa card yeah. or whatever. What are they going to do? But it'll be a Google credit that's just attached to your account. Yeah. So uh, jokes on all of you. So if you were a Stadia user this whole time, this is a hell of a deal. You yeah. just played games for free for like two years. Yeah. And zero loss on investment. Uh, yeah. As long as you don't mind some, you know, Google credit, which like, sure, why not? Watch a couple movies. Yeah. Yeah. Rent them though, because you're not going to own them. You know, so, uh, but yeah, just a little, uh, for a little cherry on top of all of this, here's a tweet from uh, Jason Schreier, where he shows the Stadia exec, the one that just wrote the obituary, uh, that Stadia exec's 2019 response to a question about the potential longevity of the project. Is this just another ambitious Google product that will disappear in a few years like Google Plus? I understand the concern, but I think that all you have to do is look at the level of investment that we have made and continue to make in Stadia. This is not a trivial project by any means. This is a very, very significant cross-company effort that isn't just my team, but it's also across YouTube. It's across our technical infrastructure and networking team. It represents thousands of people who are working on this business. And then it's right next to the part of it where it's like, unfortunately, we're closing Stadia. Yeah, Stadia died on way back to its own planet. Yeah. I mean, he probably believed everything he was saying there, too. Um, I imagine this was like everything. Google's such a large company with such a large market cap. It's like he's probably gotten to play with more money than he's ever had like, at his disposal yeah. at any other job in the video game industry. He's like, no one would be spending this much fucking money unless they were really in this for the long haul. But meanwhile, up at the top, it's just a fucking line on them. They're yep. like, all right, well, okay. Let's get rid of Stadium. We gave it a shot. Yeah, but uh, Schreier adds in a later tweet that, quote, the amount of money Google spent to get games on Stadia is so shocking that I still can hardly believe it. Even after corroborating with multiple sources, tens of millions of dollars per game for Red Dead 2, Assassin's Creed, etc. <laughs> what a money pit. Uh, so, yeah, also apparently Google didn't tell any of the remaining developers that the service was shutting down. So some found out on Twitter at the same time as everyone else. Uh, one guy was like, uh, we have a game coming out on this platform two days from now. Yes, you do. And it, and it, and, Look, and we're, still that's still the truth. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone can play that wonderful game until mid-January, Yeah, uh, which is just a few short months away. Why is anyone mad? You got to play free video games for three years. So, anyways, flawless execution, uh, as always, Google. Rest in peace, Stadia. We will always remember the good times. Like when you dismantled your internal game development team, then promised the public over 100 new games in a single year. Thanks for the memory. Didn't they buy multiple game studios just to shut them down like a year later? Uh, I think, yeah, I think that happened uh, <laughs> at least on one occasion. But according to Schreier, their goal was to buy up more studios yeah. to try to get exclusives. So they could have actually done even more damage to uh, the gaming world. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they were really pushing Bungie hard, or Destiny hard, and Bungie is a company that has changed hands multiple times, so it wouldn't have been surprising to see Google buy Bungie only to then just completely dismantle it. That would have been pretty crazy. Pretty upsetting.
Anyway, while we're referencing doomed products and services, which basically give away everything for free, much to their own, uh, you know, How demise. Yeah. Movie Pass 2.0 exists in some kind of invite-only purgatory as it attempts to somehow provide a worthwhile product that lasts more than one financial quarter. So Movie Pass 1.0, on the other hand, the classic Movie Pass. Yeah, Movie Pass classic. Yeah. Uh, they've obviously been dead for a long time after very generously, very philanthropically burning through their investor capital to provide hardworking Americans with free movies. While that wasn't exactly the intention of the service, they did what most industry-disrupting startups did at the time. They overspent and overprovided in order to lure in throngs of happy customers before inevitably flipping the switch, bringing the pricing structure closer to reality, and making a hefty profit off of people who stuck around because they got used to a subscription model for going to the theater or uh, somehow weren't notified at all or they were dead and the, the bills just kept uh, auto-charging. Or, or locked out of their accounts yeah. while the bills were yeah. auto -charging. Oh, whoops. Oh, jeez. Uh, uh, now, ex that, the problem with that is, though, that MoviePass never even got to the last stage. Well... They didn't even get a chance to really flip the switch. The, it, if you're doing this right, yeah. and I think this is... I, in my opinion, it's wrong pretty much no matter what, but you want to lose money the first couple of years so you can build up the ability to profit. Yes. MoviePass did not have any end game for this. No, and also uh, it has, as we see now, been proven to work when the industry can actually be disrupted by the product you're introducing into it. Yeah. Like Uber and Lyft destroying the taxi cab industry. Uh, MoviePass is completely dependent on yeah. AMC and Regal. Every other thing is just like, okay, yeah. so you're just going to pay us money. So people, sure, whatever. Fine, but yeah. we are not <laughs> involved in this at all. Do Keep our fucking names out of your mouth, MoviePass. So MoviePass, they never even got to the last stage of that whole uh 2010s startup mentality. In the underpants gnome school of business, they barely even made it to the question marks. I mean, it was a lot of question marks. They were like, found company, give people movies for free, question mark, profit. I think their plan was AMC is going to be so happy with us that then maybe they'll buy us or uh, start an official partnership. And AMC was like, hey, cool idea. <laughs> anyway, we got this thing called A-list stubs. Yep. It's like MoviePass, except it's real. <laughs> we make most of our money off concessions anyway. Yeah, so get in here and get a popcorn. <laughs> Anyways, uh, there was uh, obviously plenty of speculation and legitimate questions about the intentions of the founders and their financial backers throughout the history of MoviePass. And it looks like, according to reports from the Securities and Exchange Commission, MoviePass was always a fraud and was founded on a lie. Here's Variety. MoviePass was founded on a lie, the Securities and Exchange Commission alleged in a complaint filed on Monday night. The company introduced its $9.95 a month all-you-can-watch subscription plan in August 2017. According to the complaint, executives Theodore Farnsworth and Mitch Lowe knew that the offer was just a marketing gimmick and that the price was unsustainably low. But in public, they claimed that they had done rigorous market testing and determined that they could turn a profit. In fact, they had done no testing, the SEC said. Asked by Variety if the company would eventually have to raise its prices, Farnsworth said, the answer is no. Critics, he went on, don't understand our business model. This is like as bold as saying you're not going to change the price of the Costco hot dog, despite having an entire Costco worth yeah. of stuff that backs up the discounted price on the Costco, on, on the hot dog. It's like doing the Costco business model 
except all you sell is hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, welcome to Costco. Here's your free hot dog. Is there anything else to do here? Nope, you've done it all. Well, we're in the red again this month. <laughs> Jesus, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know. We're going to climb our way out of Our claim to fame is the $1.50 hot dog. <laughs> and if we do something about that, well, then, you know, less people will come. But we'll also, we we might profit. I don't know. We got to keep that. The, the hot dog stays at $1.50. <laughs> the movies are free. They are, they are $10 a month. You can see whatever you want. And I don't want to hear anything from our financial backers, our accountants, or the press. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the reporting continues. Helios and Matheson Analytics, the parent company of MoviePass, would go bankrupt after burning through hundreds of millions of dollars. According to the SEC, Farnsworth and Lowe repeatedly lied to the public about the MoviePass business model and then, as losses mounted, devised fraudulent methods to try to staunch the bleeding. The SEC accused Lowe and Farnsworth of violating securities laws and of profiting from their alleged fraud. According to the complaint, Farnsworth and Lowe tried to slow the cash burn at the company by restricting access to certain films and to certain AMC theaters. In January 2018, Lowe told his staff to block access to six Bollywood films because they were killing us financially, the complaint alleges. In April 2018, the company initiated Project 2%, which was intended to curb the heaviest users from going to the movies, <laughs> the complaint states. Employees were instructed to subject the heavy users to password disruption and ticket verification under the guise of a fraud protection measure. <laughs> the complaint also states that Khalid Edom, who was VP of Business Development, used his own personal company, Kaleidoscope, to put on events for MoviePass at the Sundance Film Festival and at the Coachella Music Festival in 2018. According to the SEC, Edom then invoiced MoviePass and was able to siphon funds from the company for his personal use. The SEC alleged that at one point, Farnsworth instructed Lowe to pay Edom a $150,000 bonus because Edom needed money to pay a personal debt. Hmm. The bonus was described in the movie past books as MP consulting, outside services, according to the complaint. So half of that is shit that was just obvious to anyone, yeah, yeah, yeah. any observer, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. when they're like, oh geez, I don't know why our, oh, our servers, oh, you've been Remember when the dog again? wrote the HR email or whatever, yeah. or the PR email? Like everyone observing that was woof, like- Woof, woof, our servers are down. No, they're literally like trying to, like they only have enough money for like one more movie, one more weekend at the movies. So they are just trying to, literally trying to prevent people from using their service. The best part was like, it all happened around the biggest release of the of the time that was possible, which was like Mission Impossible. Yeah. It was just like, oh fuck. Oh, we if people go and see this movie using our service, we are all going to be uh, ruined forever financially. Yeah. But um, I do love all the added stuff, the self-dealing. I always love a good like self-dealing thing. Yeah. Uh, it's like the funny, uh, the, the, the WeWork guy, he did a bunch of that. He's like, all right, so we're going to be renting. Uh, I don't know. What's a good building to rent from? Oh, that's a good one. Who owns that? Oh, me? Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess WeWork's going to have to pay me to rent the building. But, you know, it's, Classic. it's the best building. Yeah. I, I do. That. I do find it funny that they committed fraud in order to do. They committed fraud by saying they're preventing fraud so that they could commit fraud. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I took the SEC, like three or four years to even like they're just like hold on we have to call in our 5d chess expert here yeah anyone here know quantum physics we got a live one over here so sure was movie pass a fraud almost certainly is it any of our business where that money came from and where it went oh i'm sorry i couldn't hear the question over the sound of all these free blockbuster movies yeah you biting the hand that that feeds you movie tickets i feel like there was even like a concerted effort back then to just not like guys President Biden, pardon these men. Yes. Pardon Ted Farnsworth and and 
Mr. Lowe. Codify Movie Pass. That third guy, a little sketchy, and I, this is my first time hearing his name despite covering Movie Pass for all these years. So you can send him to jail. Uh-huh. But Mr. Farnsworth, you know, let that man in the barrel walk free. Yes. He sacrificed everything, including clothes off his own back. Mm-hmm. A bunch of billionaires had to suffer a little bit just so that everyone could have free movies. This is like a victimless crime. Yes. This is a cool crime. No one good lost money on MoviePass. And everyone enjoyed themselves who used it. Yeah. yeah. MoviePass is actually the coolest crime of all. It is. It might be. But let's move on, though, because it looks like we have a, another new contender in the ongoing culture war in this country. Historic flutes owned by former presidents. Didn't you have that on your bingo card, did you? Well, that's right, folks. Everyone is absolutely fuming about an item that they had no idea even existed a few days ago because the Library of Congress met with recording artist Lizzo and allowed her to play a flute owned by a former president made by a a Parisian. Yeah, a 250-year-old flute. Let let her play that thing on stage. Made out of crystal. It's so delicate. On stage and off. Yeah. Yeah, she was privately playing it, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whenever I play with the flute privately... You know, people look at me like I got better things to do. Whenever I play the fr- flute privately, I say, keep out, baiting. <laughs> Go away, baiting. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the same typical reliable group of posters were livid that such desecration could occur. Blowing into James Madison's prized flute, a gift from a French craftsman? How dare you? How dare you? This is the one that, like, broke me. Like, I, most of the time, these people, like, they're mad at stuff. I'm like, I, I guess... There's, I, like, some plausible... I'm like, I guess like, I see where they're coming from. They're still, like, they're dumb as fuck, but, like, whatever. But this one, I'm like, what the fuck are you mad at? Why are you mad? I don't understand. Also, this is far from the first time that anything like this has like, happened. It's cool. Yeah. A really old flute made out of crystal or whatever. Some decadent thing that's been sitting in a museum for 200 years. Like, the world's literally the most famous uh, flute player on Earth. Uh, took it out on stage and showed the crowd. That, well, like it, that's it. That's pretty cool. The the other thing too is like the the flute. It, it hasn't been in a museum forever. It was owned by a private collector until like the 30s. Ah. Some dude who was just like, hey, you want to see a crystal flute? Hey, do, 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 do. Like probably had it out at parties, yeah. messing around with it. Uh, and uh, then you know it of course gets put into the correct hands. Uh, Library of Congress and Lizzo. Yeah, Lizzo's hands are the correct hands. Uh, yeah. Because um, she's actually very good at the flute. I think that's another Classically thing. trained. I, yeah. I think that's that's maybe another part of it is a lot of these people don't know that Lizzo was like, before well, a pop star, she was like a classically trained professional flautist. But why really would you unless you follow her career? Like, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. They think, t- they think this is like Cardi B going like. <laughs> yeah, like shoving in her ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. and, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I blew a fart through uh, Madison's flute. Yeah. Pretty funny, huh? Stuck Madison's flute in my wet ass pussy. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> I mean, whatever. But the fact that it was like, that's the thing, too, is I think. Uh, in your scenario, like people just didn't know. Yeah. But in my scenario, they're actually angrier having found out that she's better at them than than something like this. Yeah. So that's I mean, what it what it comes down to people is people like, like her and she's talented. Like a lot of a lot of these people who are mad are just racist. Like <laughs> yeah. And, and like in a lot of cases, you know, I don't like to call people racist uh, willy nilly, but in this case, I'm like, no, that's <laughs> you literally just don't like a black woman. Uh, touching a white man's flute. Like, that's all I can fucking come <laughs> up with. It, it's honestly... It's, and the way they're writing about it, they're like, oh, this is a, a desecration of our founding fathers. This is, they're getting revenge on the founding fathers for slavery. I'm like, 
I mean, that's an interesting angle. And even if that were true, good. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> good. Yeah. Fuck James Madison. And fuck his flute. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, is like, it was made as a gift for his inauguration. James Madison may have never even touched it. Yeah. He, he like, oh, just, cool. Like, oh, a gift from France on the pile. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's... Uh, the French don't even own half I, this country I anymore. I cannot fathom being mad about this. Like, I, because I saw the video, like, the other day when it got posted on Twitter, I'm like, oh, hey, pretty cool. <laughs> I had like no reaction. Like, oh, I, thought, I didn't know James Madison had a flute. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and then I wake up today. It's like people are just losing their fucking minds over this shit. Yeah. I mean, people are so angry. Well, I'd be out in my truck making a rant video if my truck wasn't covered <laughs> in seven feet of storm surge. That's yeah. the one thing is there. This actually isn't as crazy as it would be in a normal week. Like yeah, people, half the people that would be posting are they're like, busy. They, their cell phones don't work and yeah. their roof blew off. I got to call my brother to drag my boat back out to the ocean. <laughs> yeah. uh, so anyways, yes, Lizzo played an old flute. But in doing so, actually educated an entire generation of people on its significance. Now everybody knows about this damn flute. It is inescapable. Uh, here's the New York Times with more on the significance of the moment and why it's not just some random pop star playing around with an artifact like it's a toy. <laughs> A classically trained flutist who began playing when she was in fifth grade and considered studying at the Paris Conservatory, Lizzo has woven flute into many of her songs, has played virtually with the New York Philharmonic, and her flute, named Sasha Flute, even has its own Instagram page. But waiting for her on Tuesday night was an exquisite and highly breakable musical instrument that had arrived at her concert in Washington under heavy security. A crystal flute that a French craftsman and clockmaker had made for President James Madison in 1813. I'm scared, Lizzo said, as she took the sparkling instrument from Carol Lynn Ward Bamford, a curator at the Library of Congress, who had carefully removed the flute from its customized protective case. It's crystal. It's like playing out of a wine glass. As the crowd roared, Lizzo played a note, stuck out her tongue in amazement, and then played another note, trilling it as she twerked in front of thousands of cheering <laughs> That's why they're mad. <laughs> she then carried the flute over her head, giving the crowd at Capital One Arena one last look before handing it back to Ms. Ward Bamford. I just twerked and played James Madison's crystal flute from the 1800s, Lizzo proclaimed. We just made history tonight. History was made. The reporting continues, adding that uh, it was a symbolic moment as Lizzo, a hugely popular black singer, rapper, and songwriter, played a priceless instrument that had once belonged to a founder whose Virginia plantation was built by enslaved black workers. And the flute had been lent to her by Carla D. Hayden, the first African-American and first woman to lead the Library of Congress. When Lizzo asked if she could play Madison's Crystal Flute at her concert on Tuesday, the library's collection, preservation, and security teams swung into action, ensuring the instrument could be safely delivered to her on stage. Quote, it was a lot thrilling and a little bit scary, Miss Ward Bamford said. Or as Lizzo told her cheering fans after she played the instrument, Thank you to the Library of Congress for preserving our history and making history freaking cool. History is freaking cool, you guys. Well, we can't have that. <laughs> uh, uh, critical flute theory. How dare you twerk while holding a uh, gag gift that one of our presidents once owned? Yeah, yeah. And this is another like the American uh, American civil religion concept of um, it. Th they're acting like she twerked in church because the founding fathers are our saints. Mm -hmm. But no, it's just some shit that a president, I swear you couldn't name a single thing about other than the fact that he owned this flute yeah. and maybe where he is in the order of presidents. Mm -hmm. That's all you could. You, oh, you love James Madison? Name three of his albums. <laughs> <laughs> he can't do it. Is it surreal to see Lizzo on stage with a 200-year-old crystal flute? Sure. Yeah. 
But in doing so, she brought awareness to its very existence and drove a bunch of weirdos absolutely nuts for at least 24 hours. So, all in all, pretty positive. She did more work on a historical item than any statue. Yeah. That was torn down has done. People, I saw people comparing what Lizzo did with that flute to tearing down statues of Confederate generals. So it's the same thing. It's all, it's all part of the same plan. Desecrating <sighs> our beautiful past. Anyways, we should Shut probably <laughs> uh, probably talk about Hurricane Ian. Which I is, love that it's named Ian. Yeah. Because I know uh, multiple Ians. They're all very nice. Yeah. All the Ians I know. So, Damn you, Ian. Uh, <laughs> we should probably talk about Hurricane Ian. And, and look, it has done catastrophic damage to the state of Florida. And to everyone who messaged me on Discord or responded on Twitter, thanks for the concern. Luckily... My family is fine. Uh, they survived. They will be rebuilt. Uh, uh, there is a lot of debris all over the place. Uh, luckily, no trees onto you know their house or cars or whatever. And they lived, which is also a bonus. Videos are pretty nuts, though. Yeah. Um, it was certainly a nerve-wracking few days as I helplessly watched the Weather Channel while waiting for updates from my folks. Um, they are fine, but unfortunately, the same can't be said for thousands of other people, their homes and businesses. And this is all just about a week after the government failed to properly respond to the destruction in Puerto Rico, where a lot of citizens are still without power. Um, still, the destruction that we've seen over the past few days is immense, and it will take months for things to even get close to normal in some cities on Florida's West Coast. Honestly, hey, maybe don't rebuild right on the water. Yeah, maybe come up with a more long-term plan for this Florida thing you've got going. Yes, uh, anything along Florida's coast is and should be considered temporary in the grand scheme of things, especially as ocean levels continue to rise. This is not a freak event. This will happen again, probably <laughs> in, next year. In greater numbers. Yeah. Uh, but while we can sympathize with those in Florida who have just had their lives upended, it's also Florida. So people lost their collective minds once it was certain that they were going to be hit by the storm. Yeah. Uh... They'd certainly deal with stress in a very unique way. Yeah. Uh, there was this guy having the time of his life on a jet ski amidst the first storm surge. There were people attempting to flee the storm on their yachts. And this one, it was like, oh, no, that's just a yacht that became unmoored. And they're like, no, it's going against the, the tide. That is someone trying to escape on their yacht. Yeah. Uh, there's something that appears to be a land shark swimming through a local neighborhood, and it's it's real this time. That's I'm, what they say. That I, I've still seen people, like, try to overanalyze this, but even meteorologists yeah. were like, you know, I've spent, uh, you know, a decade or two refuting these claims every time they're brought up. Yeah, because it's always that appears... same Photoshop every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime <laughs> there's flooding anywhere. It's like, like a great white. It's like <laughs> a great white, like, on a freeway. It's, like, total <laughs> bullshit. But yeah. apparently this time, there is a land yeah, shark. Yeah, it could, it could be, like, a fish... I guess that, anyways, there are theories, but at least at this point, something big was brought onto shore. Yeah, uh, there's people stupidly, god damn it, walking onto waterways where the sea has receded. It's been sucked away by the storm surge. Hey, weird. All I that want, water I, left I wonder if that me. water's going to come back. Oh, we should go check it out while it's gone. Look at me. This sand used to be wet. Now I'm walking on it. What's that sound? Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, uh, there were sadistic weather reporters who can only orgasm after being battered by wind and rain. This is their favorite time of year. Yes. Uh, various Florida men holding flags uh, against the wind. It's classic. Uh, one guy who loves America. Another one who wants to have passionate sex with the president. Okay. They're both waving their flags. Uh, also, TikTok live streamers who provided the most chilling dystopian coverage of the event as they filmed 
catastrophic, life-threatening destruction while thanking their viewers for sending roses, gift boxes, and other TikTok-specific currencies. We are in pretty serious trouble, guys. Um, like serious trouble. Thank you so much. Thank you for the gifts. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, so much for the gifts. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, yeah, we're gonna be in pretty big trouble. Uh, listen, we can't knock the hustle, but it is surreal footage for sure, especially when it can motivate the streamers to put their lives in further danger in order to provide better footage for viewers. Hey, can you go out a little bit further? I can't see the storm. Seems like a bad idea, but hey, that's where we are. Yeah. Doing it for the gram. This, listen, <laughs> running away to safety would be the smart choice, but the content comes first. Babe, get out here. This live stream is doing numbers. Oh, fuck, you're inside because of the hurricane. Actually, I'll go inside too. Hey, can you un-unnail the door that you just nailed shut? Can you plug the Wi-Fi router into the generator? Because <laughs> uh, this is doing numbers. Like, yeah. come on. Get out the mail-to-mail -mail plug. I need power right now. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon cut those things off at the right time. Uh, it's pretty short, so you're going to need to wheel the generator into the kitchen. Yeah, there we go. Try not to breathe too much. Well, why would, why would I run the generator outside where it's raining? I don't oh, want it to get wet. Yeah, it's going to get all wet. Bring it inside. Uh, anyways, one of the more entertaining, less dangerous moments that went viral from reporting on Hurricane Ian was when local NBC <laughs> reporter Kyla Gaylor was handed a microphone with a condom on it. Uh-oh! <laughs> wow! Kind of fun. Uh, people couldn't believe that someone would host a serious news report about a life-threatening hurricane with a silly little condom on their microphone. No time for jokes, lady. This is serious business. Uh, other people online, they just simply refused to believe that the video and images were real. And they were clearly photoshopped to mock this poor young reporter. But no, it was real. It served an important purpose. High-end devices, they don't work well when they get wet. Gaylor explained this very obvious purpose over on her Instagram page where she said, A lot of people are asking what is on my microphone. It is what you think it is. It is a condom. It helps protect the gear. You can't get these mics wet. There's a lot of wind and a lot of rain. So we got to do what we got to do, and that is put a condom on the microphone. Yeah, they're very useful. Yeah. Uh, I remember... I just uh, hope it didn't have lube on it. I hope it was uh, lube-free. I do love those. Because then you're going to drop the microphone. The implication, though, is all the stores are closed. No one's out on the roads because there's a hurricane. Someone on this crew thought they were getting laid during a hurricane. At least they thought the option would come up yeah. to get laid during this hurricane. Oh, what are we going to do? The mics are going to get wet. Now, hold on. Actually, yeah, what should we do? Uh, I'm going to wait like a good five or six yeah. minutes before I propose my idea, <laughs> which is to pull out my wallet. <laughs> like, oh, why did you, has that been in your wallet for a long time? Well, yeah, no. but everyone does that. No. Right? <laughs> uh, no, this is a common thing. Uh, w even on old productions that I worked on a decade ago, uh, we had a movie, like it was a, a Lollapalooza music festival. We had to put them over the lav mics yeah. because it was like everyone was standing outside and like you get like a drop in the wrong place and you just ru ruined a thousand dollar microphone. Condoms are very useful. You can you can oh just stretchy, stretch not going to break. Out, put the whole fucking thing in and close it shut. They do have to make one without the reservoir tip specifically for news anchors though because that's what gave it's it away. It's a dead giveaway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways. So we love updates on this show, don't we, folks? Yeah. The best updates, the biggest. We have an update on an absolutely insane story that we covered a long time ago. Uh, so the case against multiple eBay executives who are, were alleged to have um, stalked, harassed, and emotionally terrorized, not putting it lightly, they terrorized 
a couple <laughs> in increasingly bizarre ways because they were upset about how the company was being portrayed in a newsletter that these people were writing about. Seems like a, a rational... A very uh, niche newsletter for like people who sell shit on eBay. Yeah, but a very rational response from yeah. eBay and their executives. I'm going to fly out to like Cape Cod or whatever and we're going to like let's just fucking break into this people's house and kill them. No. I got a better, <laughs> I got a better better idea. But yes, we will break into their house. Yeah. Uh, all very stupid, but also it's psychotic shit. Like yeah. you read the, the details, like what? At least one of the people on this team <laughs> is a fucking sociopath. He's just like getting off on yeah. this. It's just like a constant one-upmanship. Mm -hmm. uh, so here's some info from an older article. Six former eBay Inc. employees have been charged with waging an extensive campaign to terrorize and intimidate the editor and publisher of an online newsletter with threats and disturbing deliveries to their home, including live spiders and cockroaches, federal authorities said Monday. Executives were upset about the newsletter's coverage, so their employees set out to ruin the lives of the couple who ran the website, sending a funeral wreath, bloody pig face, Halloween mask, and other alarming items to their home, authorities said. The employees also sent pornographic magazines with the husband's name on it to their neighbor's house and planned to break into the couple's garage to install a GPS device on their car, officials said. Well, uh, good news. The eBay executives involved in this harassment campaign have been found guilty and sentenced to prison. Dun, dun. Here's the Associated Press with more. A former eBay Inc. executive was sentenced on Thursday to almost five years in prison for leading a scheme to terrorize the creators of an online newsletter that included sending live spiders, cockroaches, funeral wreath, and other disturbing deliveries to their home. David Steiner, who along with his wife was the target of the harassment campaign, told the court that eBay former senior director of safety and security, James Baugh, and other eBay employees made their lives, quote, a living hell. He expressed fear that other companies would use it as a blueprint to go after journalists in the future. This was a bizarre, premeditated assault on our lives, with buy-in at the highest levels of eBay, Steiner told the judge. Another former eBay executive, David Harville, was sentenced later Thursday to two years behind bars for his role in the scheme targeting David and Enos Steiner. The publisher and reporter who angered executives with coverage of the company in their newsletter, E-Commerce Bytes. Ba and Harville, eBay's one-time director of global resiliency, are among seven former employees who have pleaded guilty to charges in the case. Both Ba and Harville apologized to the Steiners for their actions before their sentences were handed down. Ba told the Steiners he hopes they will forgive him someday. No, fuck you. <laughs> I take 100% responsibility for this, and there is no excuse for what I have done, Ba said. The bottom line is simply this. If I had done the right thing and been strong enough to make the right choice, we wouldn't be here today. And for that, I am truly sorry. Which no, is fuck up. This is not like a, a simple mistake. This no, is a, this is premeditated and executed. Premedic premeditated, like a thing that escalated. And also the the CEO at the time of eBay totally knew about it. He was on these email chains. Yeah. He somehow managed to like get out of uh, getting in any trouble for it. But like these are high level top executives at a major tech company being like, why don't we go to fuck with these people? Like they, they wrote a I newsletter love, yeah, that was mean. Their, their so. response is like, I'm sorry. We're going to fly like a whole team out to where these people live yeah. to just like fuck this shit up. I'm sorry, we went a little overboard. Yeah, we shouldn't have done that. It's hey, basically the response. There. And it's like, when you look at the things that they were accused of doing, and certainly yeah. did, it's like, you can't just be like, oh, well, okay, I made a bad decision. Oops. <laughs> yeah. It's like you get caught after the cockroaches, mailing like rubber cockroaches. You're like, all right, look. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit goofy. I stepped over the line. So, but uh, this was a bit more than that, obviously, and resulted in, uh, I think, some justified jail time. <laughs> yeah, good. Lock these people up. Um, so yeah, a satisfying end to a very weird, upsetting saga. But before we go, hello, fellow adults who are unable to accept the fact that they're aging. McDonald's has given you some toys to play with.
telling you that you're a good boy or girl and giving you a fun little meal so you stop crying. Yeah. That's right, everyone. McDonald's is debuting the adult Happy Meal. And no, this isn't just a bigger Happy Meal. And no, there will not be sex toys in the adult <laughs> Happy Meal. Stop asking about the sex toys. Mm -hmm. It's literally just McDonald's attempting to temporarily remove the shame the deep shame that you might have in ordering a meal marketed at children that is still somehow 5,000 calories. I'll take the apple slices, please. Uh, yeah, they're also adding a vintage toy in the box so you can put a little Hamburglar or Grimace or Mayor McCheese or any of the rest of the old gang on your desk at work. So people are like, hey, I remember the 80s too. And then they knock it over with their, with their stupid water bottles that they're always carrying around. Donk. Donk. Uh, here's... NPR. For a limited time only, Happy Meals aren't just for kids. McDonald's teamed up with the fashion streetwear brand Cactus Plant Flea Market to release an adult meal box, complete with a classic character toy. Quote, one day you ordered a Happy Meal for the last time and you didn't even know it, McDonald's said on its Facebook page earlier this month. But the fast food giant's upcoming campaign will give adults a chance to revisit a part of their childhood. Starting next Monday and running through October 30th, McDonald's will offer the Cactus Plant Flea Market Meal Box, where adults can get a taste of childhood nostalgia. The box comes with a meal and a classic McDonald's character. Grimace, the Hamburglar, Birdie, and newcomer Cactus Buddy. Uh, well, I can see why they went with the name Happy Meal for Adults, because the uh, Happy Time Fun Plant uh, Market Hour thing is, um, I'm sure it's a great company. but uh, Cactus Buddy. Yeah. Tell them Cactus Buddy saying it. No longer Cactus Jack. Yeah. But uh, I will love when we see just a flurry of adults rush down to the McDonald's to jump on top of the counter and start demanding their adult yeah, Happy Meals. You no, you no longer have to pretend like, oh, I've got a kid at home, the meal's for him. And I already ate, that's why I'm only getting the Happy Meal. Mm -hmm. It's not because I'm a adult baby who collects Funko Pops and has a whole room full of tiny little dolls. What do you mean you're out of Grimace collectibles? Oh! This is worse than when you didn't have Szechuan sauce. I want that Szechuan sauce, goddammit. Anyways, have fun with your uh, Happy Meals, everyone. If you yeah. haven't uh, already, please check out our most uh, recent episode right over here. And, uh, well, we have two episodes for you to watch right there. And please stay tuned for more weird news. But in the meantime, hit the subscribe button, hit the join button, hit the thank button, hit the like button, leave a comment. The bell. Do all, just start Leave clicking exactly 5,000 likes. Start clicking. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because we love those clicks. We love them. Uh, thank you for watching the show. Watch other shows over there, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.